Hello and welcome to 99 from 99, the movie podcast where we take you back to the past and cover 99 films or more from the year 1999. I'm your stubborn Kentuckian host, Michael Denniston, joined every week by madman of the airwaves, Ben Zook. Why take a journey to the past? Well, perhaps like you, we've looked out our window and seen the world grow smaller, colder, and scarier. Not here. So sit back, relax, and come back with us to a time when theaters were full, tickets were affordable, and there were so many good movies, you couldn't possibly catch them all. That's what this podcast is here to do. So we hope you take the entire trip with us, 99 episodes on the films from 1999. you to hit me as hard as you can i'm scared to close my eyes i see dead people i believe you have my papler now that i've met you would you object to never seeing me again this is not just a couch it's just our couch take the red pill and i show you how deep the rabbit hole goes leave the light on after bedtime I always thought it'd be better to be a fake somebody, a real nobody. Are we gonna air it? Of course not. When fortune knocks, open the door. He is the ultimate thief. We sent a couple of guys after him, and these were both good agents. They were both men. But she has a plan. What do you have in mind for bait? For the perfect trap. Why are you following me? I've got a proposition for you. I give you the world's tallest building at home of the International Clearance Bank. Do I have your attention now? Undivided. You are keeping it strictly business, right, Matt? Strictly. This is how it has to be. First we try. Then we trust. You're playing both sides. This is called entrapment. No, actually, it's called blackmail. Entrapment is what cops do to thieves. It's time to take your girlfriend out of the equation. Shut it down. Come on! Move it! You're perfect. I promise you, you'll have it all. This is big enough, man. It's never big enough. Huh, so how's life? We'll see. This cuts out at all. My life, my life sucks. Uh, <laughs> ben. <laughs> in all honesty. So, Entrapment. Uh, I originally wa- rewatched this, I guess, about six months ago, and in anticipation for us doing this. And um, so, this time when I rewatched it to refresh my memory, uh, I, I watched like ninety minutes of it while I was doing something else. And then I had to watch the final 30 minutes of it basically while I was driving home. Uh, and I feel like, like doing it that way didn't take anything away from the experience of, of this movie. And that probably says a lot, uh, about it that, that, uh, it, it's, I guess this is, this is basically a background movie. This is like, I don't know if that's a term, that anyone has ever come up with, but uh, you could call this just one of those background movies that you could have on, uh, not really be paying attention to it, uh, and still gain the the same 
uh, from it that other people would uh, would have, uh, you know, if they're watching it fully engaged. I believe the kids call that Netflix and chill. Do they still call it that? I don't know what the kids call anything. Uh, I'm not a well, kid anymore. I, I think our listeners should know that you've got us recording on Discord. So you're the young man in this conversation. I guess so. Uh, you know, I don't know. I was told Discord was the way to go. Uh, it seems to be working out a little bit better, but uh, not fully, which is weird. <laughs> um. Well, uh, you started negative, and I'll, uh, I guess I'll, you know, reiterate some of your your points in that I had watched all but I think the last half hour, I guess, so your driving time, um, about the same, like six months ago or whenever. And, uh, cause I still had it on the, uh, the iPad and I could see, I'm, so I had a decision point tonight, Ben, do I just try to piece it together? I think I, I think I had a grasp of it and just watch the last half hour or do I, uh, you know, give this the old 99 from 99 try here. So I, I went back and watched it all again. And uh, I think I'm a little surprised um, at how negative you are to this one. You know, ironically, John uh, Emil. Emil? (laughs) Sounds good. Uh, (laughs) This can't be right. Con science? Um, John Emil made a movie that I really, 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 really like. Uh, and I don't know if you can guess what that movie is, but it was re- released in 1995. Oh, good. And it had the same composer as this movie. Mm. Do you know what that movie is? Well, I, I'm like, the only thing I know him from is Copycat. So I was hoping that's what you're going for in that. So I think it's Copycat. Copycat is the movie. Copycat is an extremely good movie. Uh, I'm guessing, I'm guessing John Emile was just one of those guys who... Uh, could really showcase production value and everything and, and, and put together a scene really well. Uh, and so when copycat came around, he was able to do that and, and it didn't detract from, you know, the strengths of that, of that script. Uh, and maybe I'm being a little unfair cause copycat has some really strong visuals too. Uh, I've just always thought about, the turn in that movie where you think there's going to be a love interest uh, come in to, you know, to the protagonist story. And then they pull the, the, the rug from out, out from under you uh, not wanting to give too much away in that regard. And, and that's what, that's what kind of doesn't work about entrapment is that I feel myself invested in uh, Catherine Zeta Jones, uh, the Welsh uh, actress, here uh you know i i i i want to believe her as sort of like this clary starling type uh character this uh you know fbi agent who's gonna go all the way and really get this guy but the movie doesn't want to give her that you know that credit they just they just say oh she's just so stupid and naive that she is taken in by you know mr sean connery uh and uh that doesn't work for me uh, it's, uh, uh, it, it's, it, it's an insult. It's an insult to hmm. the intelligence of the audience. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if the movie 
if the pieces all necessarily fit is I mean there's there's quite a leap as far as why characters are doing uh, not only what they say they're doing but what they're what they don't say they're doing. I remember at the time watching I watched this one I believe with my parents. I think the some of the positive feedback it got was avoiding the uh, obvious sort of uh, romantic relationship that these two could have. Uh, it's posited in the film by the Sean Connery character that they have to stay focused on the on the job, and there's that element of distrust um, where you know both of them don't really know if the other one's gonna you know stab them in the back. But it it really walks up to that line, and it's like it so wants to make these two characters lovers during these various uh, schemes, and um, it's it's a bit of an awkward dance. I don't know if they should have just bridged the age gap or whatever the issue was there uh, and make the relationship less paternal, but it feels like eventually there should be, I don't know, there should be some fucking sex in this at some point, and... <laughs> <laughs> every time they it like... would it would just be so disgusting for everyone watching it that they couldn't go that to, to that place it would be disgusting that they couldn't go to that place i don't know imagining sean connery well, okay. having sex with that's, Kansas jones that's, that's like saying. a nightmare to me <laughs> i'm saying if they could have bridged the age gap a little bit you know if they'd gone i guess for hollywood standards even slightly younger uh, the Mr. Connery. I don't know. I just got through. I just watched The Mule with Clint Eastwood like last weekend. Have you Have you seen that film? I I I liked it. Uh, I don't think it's one of his best films, well, but I thought it was a very decent swan song for him and for the all the all these people he's been working with for 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 decades. It's a decent film. I, I didn't care for it myself. But the, uh, I wasn't. <laughs> I'm not trying to litigate that the merits of it. But in that film, Mr. Eastwood does have himself a nice threesome, so it can be done. Is all I'm saying. We, you know, we. Well, I think... he's playing a character. He's playing a character, uh, and it's believable that that character would get ingratiated into that world of sex as a as a power struggle kind of thing. Um, I, I just don't understand you. Uh, you know, just like just like. What, what do you what do you mean? Why are you trying to cock block <laughs> Mr. Connery here? Like I think people have been fine to a, to an extent with it. Like do the Truman Show thing. It doesn't need to be graphic, but I think it gets the, the film problem, gets bogged down. The problem with Entrapment is that it becomes a nonstop litany of him just kind of dressing her down mm. and her just kind of taking it, and that's problematic because, like I, I, I think the comparison to, to Clarice Starling is warranted because that's what they set up. They set up this woman in a man's world thing with mustachioed, uh, what's his name, the actor I like, Will Patton, you know, with a stash. They, they set that up and they don't really want to follow through with it. They just kind of decide, oh, she's going to be just as bad a thief of his, uh, as he is, because not because that's organic to the story, but because it's convenient for us you know, marketing-wise. I need a break. You'll get a break when you get it right. Number one. Two and... Bang. Three and... Bang. Four and... Bang. Five and... In three. 
Well, what's this? Supposed to be one second. Mm. Supposed to open the valve full. I did open it full. Look, you can see it's open. Oh, very well. I'll rectify it later. Mm. I did open it full, okay? You can go in over there and check. It becomes scene after scene of her, of him just going, well, what the fuck are you doing here? This is, you know, you didn't open the right valve and everything and blah, blah, blah. And she just comes off as weak. And people don't want to see a weak protagonist. People want to see a strong protagonist. Uh, and, you know, that, that that's what kills the movie for me. Hmm. I say I read that the opposite way. I thought she was the strong one for just putting up with an old man who's like extremely set in his ways. Like I actually find her to be pretty charming in those those moments where he like he wants to go through the the rundown. He wants to go through the count again, and he wants her to do the bangs when I you know it's clear that they've got it. Now to your point, I don't really like towards the end of the film during their last heist where. It's either like a brain fart on her part or it's something that she did not plan for that sets off all the alarms. Didn't really care for that. You know, it's really funny because uh, she ends up paying the ultimate price uh, for not ejecting a flash drive. Uh, you know, from a computer. And I thought that's the one element of the movie that I think, you know, is warranted because I think people, I think people should have to have to see that there are consequences to, to that action. They should um, lose $7 billion for, the, for that act. I don't like this whole ending scene. I think it doesn't make any sense. This idea of the FBI who is so strict and severe, but they're like, oh, hey, yeah, you can have one minute with uh, your your lover uh, because, uh, you know, reasons. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. You know what, what is a better version of this type of movie? Uh, a better version of this type of movie is duplicity from 2009 and that movie what worked about that was that it was all centered on the characters trying to one up each other back and forth you were always unsure of who had the upper hand between Clive Owen and Julia Roberts in that movie the the same thing is not true in entrapment you just get a sense of Zeta Jones as being very weak and and very sub, subservient to him uh, in a weird way. The movie falls apart if you cast anyone else besides Sean Connery. And, and I do respect Connery as an actor, but I think it shows a real weak point in the script that basically there is nothing else about this guy besides the fact that he, that he is being played by a veteran legendary actor. You know, you look at him on the page, he is completely bland and boring. And sometimes that's, that's all right. It's old fashioned. Just get a movie star on screen. That's all you need. <laughs> Playing like an iconic role. What's wrong with that? I, you know, we often now lament the kind of old-fashioned programmers where you get someone playing a part that they've sort of played before, uh, and you just enjoy the company, in this case, of Sean Connery doing Sean Connery things. Because there are many, many better uh, Sean Connery movies that people have not seen. And, and so I think, I think looking back at Sean Connery's filmography, the rule is that uh, a lot of the movies that he was in that were popular and were big hits are, are actually pretty bad when you go back and revisit them. That is true for me when I revisit this movie. That is true for me when I revisit uh, The Untouchables. Uh, but then when I go back and I revisit 
specifically movies that he made with uh, Sidney Lumet, movies that no one has ever seen, uh, that no one saw them when they came out, no one has seen them now, uh, movies like The Hill, uh, The Offense, uh, Family Business, which I actually just watched for the first time. He, you know, he's an extremely capable actor, uh, and it it's funny that his best work is in movies that people will never see. All right, Ben, you've played the hipster card. I'm not playing the hipster card. <laughs> the Rock. Uh, let's see, Playing by Heart. The Rock I is like good. The Rock is good. I haven't seen Playing by Heart. What year is that? I think that was 98. I think it was December 98. Hmm. I haven't heard of it. I'll have to look it up. It's one of those ensemble rom-coms, I guess. And you know, some of the segments really don't work. Uh, I think his happened. I think that one works though uh, but you're right looking through his credits uh there's not a lot of stuff i've actually seen or really have too much interest in i think you 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 just keep making the case for me actually that the entrapment is better than what you're saying well there was potential there i think <laughs> there we go i mean i think this genre it you know in and of itself is kind of self-defeating uh i think back to a movie from 1966 called gambit with Shirley MacLaine and uh, I want to say Michael Caine. Is that correct? Um, there's just only so much you can do with it. There's only so com complicated you can make the heist. Uh, there's only so much you can put an audience to the edge of their seat about whether or not they're going to get away with it and blah, blah, blah. All that stuff kind of fades. Those stakes never really seem all that important decades out. The original Ocean's Eleven I've never watched it all the way through, but I've seen uh, a few scenes here and there. It never, it never has the same kind of uh, of dramatic stakes as, as the remake that Soderbergh did. It is admittedly a tough genre, but uh, having to watch Entrapment, I think I, I think I, I, I look at en Entrapment and I and I think of it with a little bit of spite because I had to watch it twice uh, <laughs> for this episode. There's so much they could have done with this pairing. There's so much they could have done with Catherine Day Jones. And instead, John A. Meal uh, chose to emphasize her, her ass. Thank God. Uh, Thank in God. For three that. times. Mm. Three times in the movie. Why do you have to emphasize her, her ass three times in the movie? Are you saying, like, why stop at three? Because I remember the marketing of this, and they were. <laughs> <laughs> they were uh, giddy. They were over the moon at, at what they had to sell with this one. Um, actually, I think that was the part me and my wife both liked the best because I remembered that. I remember the you know, the laser sequence, but the, I had forgotten that there's a moment where he's like he's like watching on his little LCD screen or whatever in the tunnels below, and he <laughs> they they have this like one little throwaway like cut to moment with him where he just like does this like grunt of approval. And it's like following one of the uh, one of the three <laughs> ass shots, and I'm like, is it, are they acknowledging? Are they acknowledging? Like, yeah, okay, we know we're being dirty old men here, but uh, let's just revel in it for a moment, and then we'll get back to stealing a gold mask. That was cool, is it? I mean, I think I think it's a it's a far cry uh, from today when you know people like to make mountains out of molehills about this stuff, but looking back on it. It's like Catherine Zeta-Jones is, is such an incredibly talented person. There's so much you can do with her, and, and they decide to use her as a physical object. And, you know, that's a weak choice. 
It's a weak choice. It's the opposite of what I would expect from the director of Copycat, which, you know, is a movie that I would love to discuss Copycat with you someday on this podcast or another podcast. I actually, I would really enjoy that too. It has been years since I've rewatched it. And I, I watched it a few times. And certainly in the 90s, it was one that I really liked. It was one that my mom really liked as well. So yeah, I would, I would like to do that. But going back to your Catherine Zeta-Jones point, was was this not like responsible for like her sort of uh, rising star? I know Mask of Zorro came out the summer before this, but it feels like this was like a one-two punch where you know, she was well, the, I mean... the it girl for that moment. Well, I mean, it was, and such is the dichotomy of life that, you know, <laughs> the mask the mask or the mark or whatever of Zorro, which is not a very good movie either, and this movie, you know, they were popular hits, and they, they definitely allowed her. They're probably the reason she got those roles in Traffic and uh, Chicago, which you hate. Uh, you hate hey. her. But, 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 you know, you know, Catherine Zeta-Jones, she simply cannot do it alone, Michael Dennison. (laughs) She just simply cannot do it alone. She did. She did not. She had the grunt of approval from the sewers. mm. (laughs) From 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 Mr. Sean Connery. Uh, I'll take the rapist for 800, Alex. Um, You know. It was a necessary means to an end for her career. I still feel to this day that she has not gotten her due. I know for many, many years she has tried to get a version of the musical Gypsy off the ground. And I don't see why that can't happen. I don't understand why that can't happen. Well, I think I think she's really good here. Um, to your point on her coming across this week... I think the more you learn about the like motivations of the characters, like the the less it really makes sense. Like what, <laughs> especially what Connery is doing at the end, like his like Plan B uh, escape hatch that he has, that is, you know, uh, risky. I think would be an understatement to even get to that point. Knowing what we know about him, it's got one too many turns that I guess they're just expecting you to not not really analyzing analyze them or think about them on your way out the theater door i do respect that there's not there's not a lot of violence here i guess really there's a threat of violence between these two characters i think once that of possible drowning and uh or you know connery's version of waterboarding here and then she pulls a knife on him but for the most part you know they're the chase sequences are kind of old fashioned. I think, I don't know, like as I was watching it tonight, I actually was getting a little bit nostalgic for these type of movies, I guess that like, do you expect to see something like entrapment, like on the big screen now, 20 years later? I mean, do I expect it, but you know, do I want it? (laughs) I mean, I would want it if it was good in the, in the respect that, uh, charade charade from 1963, has held up ben. uh very well uh you know these mo- these types of movies can hold up very well it's just that if the twists aren't very well thought out if the heists aren't very well thought out if it's just all an excuse for another set piece later on down the line the you know they don't last they don't work entrapment itself does not deserve that credit uh entrapment is one of those movies that I think people will look back on and say, hmm, I'm kind of, I feel kind of guilty for having liked that when it came out in 1999. God, I hope not. That's it. 
<laughs> That's a, is, there, is there not enough guilt and shame in the world now? As you very well said, is there not enough, like, you're being constantly attacked for your likes and dislikes at the movies that we have to carry around this burden of once enjoying entrapment? Well, I'm not, I'm not saying that they should, like, you know, really rake themselves over the coals over it, but I'm just saying people... In in you know I felt I felt a little weird about enjoying Analyze This uh, when it was when it first came out versus my experience now you know and so I think it's a natural feeling I'm not saying it's something people need to hold on to or anything like that uh, but yeah Marco Zorro Marco Zorro another another good example of a movie that no one cares about uh, at this point I I don't I can't defend Entrapment. There's nothing for me to latch on to. It was pretty fun. I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> me and my wife had a good laugh at Connery's grunts. Um, we didn't really think the plot made too much sense. Didn't really care. I think my wife was happy that they didn't sleep together. Uh, that's where we disagreed. I, I'd rather them just go ahead and do it than talk around it for two hours. But, uh, you know, that's life. That's my own you know, guilt and shame. You know, I don't I'll like, you know what I don't like is this uh, overweight King Herod type caricature uh, hmm. that we get in the middle of the movie. Totally artificial, totally fake. The guy who's like mad at Catherine Day Jones because she didn't deliver his, his painting or whatever. None of that feels earned in well, it doesn't comparison make any sense. to a movie that you dislike the mule, which ha mm -hmm. at least had Andy Garcia, uh, with a few choice moments that, that worked, uh, yeah. doing the same role. Man knows how to throw a party. We've established yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> He's a great host. Excellent host. Uh, that sequence in entrapment immediately bothered me. Uh, first off, I don't really like the, just the character or the way it's chosen to be played or written. It's like, we just need like, I don't know. Like we just need some color here or something. Like he's he's like in a Batman movie. And second, the his rage at Catherine Zeta Jones for <laughs> having the gall to show up and be shamed herself, to be embarrassed and to be tricked. Why do, why in that moment does Connery like give up the painting, but instead puts a piece of rock like with some chalk written on it to stand in for the mask? Wouldn't it have been easier to go the other way. It's obviously a reference to the classic oh uh, Michael Bay movie, The Rock, mm -hmm. where he where I'm, he gets to go home and fuck the prom queen. Look, know? I'm just happy that you didn't go back to the 60s, <laughs> as you've been doing this entire episode. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> I, I don't think a lot of people are going back to revisit Entrapment, and I don't think they're going to suffer like this guilt complex that you want them to have. But I wonder... How many people were actually revisiting Duplicity as well, which was, I guess, 10 years after this. Um, that's another one I enjoyed. Ben, with no shame, by the way. I enjoyed that one as well. So you can have both. I, I would hope that people would really go back and revisit the the uh, Sidney Lumet-Sean Connery pairings because they were really quite excellent. And, and like I said, they were not seen when they came out. They are not very well seen today, but they are all well worth seeing. And, and some of them are pretty excellent gems, especially The Hill, especially, uh, I guess, uh, Family Business, which I, I just saw from 1989. There, there are a lot of really good work uh, from Sean Connery that's outside of James Bond 
and and these type of movies. These type of movies. There was such <laughs> disgust you had there on that one. I'm totally unwarranted. For such... I didn't like it. What do you want me to say? <laughs> <laughs> and I got you to watch it twice uh, this year, so... All right, mission accomplished, I guess. I didn't know that this was going to be such a painful process for uh, this sort of throwaway uh, thriller. I was checking to see. Oh, I I have some good news for you, though, Ben. Okay. The, uh, I'm assuming DVD, but I'm just looking at Blu-ray.com. Entrapment does have a commentary track from the filmmaker that brought you Copycat. (laughs) If you if you want, if you want to try to understand this misunderstood masterpiece just a little bit. It's probably just him go you know, talking uh, on and on about Catherine J. Jones's uh derriere uh and how obsessed he was with it. Uh as long as he does the, the Connery grunt. That's that's all for the <laughs> two hour stretch. I think they've probably had enough of us, uh, whatever listeners we have at this point. What do you say? Sure, sure, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> next up, uh, next week, we have uh, The Winslow Boy, directed oh, by man. David Mamet. Uh, that's all I know. I haven't watched that one, so that'll be interesting. David Mamet is an interesting filmmaker. Uh, the Verdict is a very interesting script from David Mamet. As this Somehow house you're going to have more fun with this one. I know it. You're just going to have more fun with this than Entrapment. I'm going to have to try to match your, your enthusiasm for it, I guess. It's a total wild card for me. I don't know anything about it. Same. so uh, It will be yeah. a first-time yeah. watch as well for me. So, uh... Thank you for listening to the... <laughs> to, you know, I mean, if, you, if you've stuck with us throughout all these months and years and everything that it's taken us to, to do this 99 from 99 experiment, we really uh, deserve, you know, to thank you. Um, or you deserve a thank you, uh, rather. I, I mean, I think we should thank each other because when this final product comes out, you and I will finally get to have the opportunity to hear what the other one actually said for half the time. It's <laughs> very recording. <laughs> I've heard about 79% of what you said. And, you know, it's better than Skype. Skype is 50%. I only come prepared with, you know, 70% of what I say to be actually worthwhile content. So that's a high point for me. Good enough. All right. See you next week. And if you'd like to continue the conversation with us, feel free to do so on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at 99from99. Shut the door, baby. Don't say a word.